Well, since it's, I want to call it officially flu season, um, this, part, this part of the country now, we need to talk a little bit. I'm going to do, I always do a few herbs each week, what they do for you. Most of the time you can grow these yourself, but certainly they're available at any good health food store. And many of them are now even available at good drug stores, uh, Walgreens, CVS. They, this has become, as they get more acceptable, they, they become uh, easier to find. I might mention that in our country, here, there's not much in the way of testing or support for herbal medicines. They work or they don't, and you can talk about them, and there's all kinds of, uh, of anecdotal information, some of it thousands of years old. But we don't do testing. But if you want to look it up, now the, the whole world's at the uh, touch of your finger. The Germans do study do real science on a number of these herbs, and they can say, is it or isn't it? If you just believe here, you, you go to an herbal store, you talk to someone that has a health food store, well, this does this and this does that, and you believe it or you don't believe it. You can look it up. You can look it up, and the Germans do translate it to English, and a number of them, I'm going to do a couple today that have been tested, and they have real science behind them. Not that it does or doesn't work. It's just the fact that here, uh, if you want to know the, the, the truth is, the pharmaceutical runs more or less what goes on with our medicines uh, because they support the senators and everybody and whatever. they And they don't want to have to compete with some fine herbs, really good, but because you can't. They can't control them. They can't get a patent on them. They can't charge you $200 a bottle like they do for other stuff that's probably worth, once it's actually been established, pennies on the dollar to actually make. Yes, they do have science tied up in it. And what they're supposedly doing is they're making money on what they know sells to take that money and to make more, better, safer drugs, whatever you want to call it. Unfortunately, when you look into that, they do. But let's make up a number because it doesn't matter the, the principles here. Let's say they make, let's just do $100,000. It's millions usually, but 100000 That 100000 now to make that particular tincture, that particular pill, might be three cents a pill. So you buy 20 of them in a bottle for $14. It costs them a dollar. They claim they take that other $13 to put into science, but they really don't. They have uh, the heads of places like Pfizer and them make $10 million a year just to run the company. Then they have a lot of echelons below them. By the time that $14 gets broken down to do our next study on whatever drug we need, they might make, they they paid a dollar to make it, another dollar put it in a container. They made $14. They steal nine. Well, steal. They're giving it. But I don't think anybody on earth should make $10 million a year to just sit at the head of some company they don't even own. So then by the time it gets back to looking for science, they make, they use three bucks. Of that three bucks, then when you go to, you say you want something like right now, Pfizer, Moderna, a number of them, they've actually been foot, their bills are being footed by us by the millions and millions of dollars as citizens, well, we can't afford to do it. No, not if you're paying people millions of dollars. Of course they can't. Now, if they took 80% of it, it's $14, took two bucks to make it, they got 12 bucks, Eight, 80% is $9.60, put that back into, into the future drugs, and you can't believe how much further we would go. 
So bear in mind what you're dealing with here. Yes, we are a free, you know, we're allowed to free enterprise is what we call it. But we get uh, less for our free enterprise money than we think we do. Okay, off my soapbox, I'm going to talk to you about a couple that you can grow, both of them. One you'll know about probably pretty easy. The other one is absolutely available for you to grow, but most of the time people just buy it from the herbal companies that go ahead and make it into tinctures, make it into powders, or make it into teas for the consumer. Let's begin by talking about a thing called echinacea probably don't even know the word unless you're into the herbal side of it. We call them purple cone flowers. I can even show you wild ones all along the road, several areas right here where we are. At the right time of year, you'll see them. So they're a regular wildflower. They have uh, made them a little bigger, prettier, whatever, if you want them in your garden. But the wildflowers along the road, if you want to work with it or take them and grow your own, are every bit as effective as the the home the hybridized and probably maybe even more effective if what you're using them for is herbal medicine instead of just how pretty can you make your house. Echinacea is kind of a robust wildflower with a way more benefits. It's been used for hundreds if not thousands of years. One of the most well-studied herbs that's been around a long time. Even again, we can't get an official listing in the United States. You can in Germany with it. It's got a reputation for decreasing the severity and length of the common cold. Listen to that. Common colds and flus. It has been shown to have numerous effects on the immune system, from increased antibody responses to elevated interferon levels. That's a needs more definition there, but, but look up interferon for fighting viruses. Mm, wonder what COVID-19 is. To stimulate white blood cells and to work harder to fight general infection. There's several chemical compounds in echinacea that vary yeah, among the, there's about three subspecies. All of them have good value. Some have uh, extraction stronger for one of the, the aids than others. And you can follow that because that is a, uh, a big, it's, it's books itself. They're called polysaccharides. They all have so, also have what, some glycoproteins, which are hard to find. And of course, a number of alkaloids that all have medicinal effects that boost the immune system and inhibit viruses and bacteria. How echinacea works continues to still be investigated, but they do know it's pretty doggone effective. Daily use does not seem to protect against getting a cold, however. It's not a preventative. It, it just helps once you've got it. Some studies do point to an effect of shortening a cold's length, but not necessarily preventing it. To see benefits you got to get an adequate dose of a good, in other words, either make your own so you know it's pure, or at least go to an herbal medicine outlet that has a little bit of knowledge and knows what source they're using for their echinacea. Echinacea's flowers are just a prickly domed center. They look like a purple daisy, okay? They're encircled by a single layer of kind of a real beautiful lavender. Some, they vary somewhat in color. Native Americans have been using this and a couple of their other subspecies, still all called echinacea, but they look different, medicinally for hundreds of years. The herb was something of a universal remedy to Indians, the Great Plains, and, and especially that region where they're more common. Well, we're at the very eastern edge of it. The Omaha Ponca chewed the fresh echinacea root. 
to take care of toothaches, and they said it was very effective. Bathing the skin of the juice of the root helps to heal wounds and especially burns. The Cheyenne Indians used a tea brewed from the powdered echinacea leaves and roots. They powdered the whole thing or chewed the roots to soothe sore gums, mouth, and throat. Other tribes had various echinacea preparations, mostly to treat colds, coughs, flus, colic, and this is weird, don't know if it worked, and even snake bites. The, the echinacea that is used mostly here in our country is called Echinacea purpurea. That is the exact species. It happens to grow here along the road wild. It was not introduced here. I thought it was for a long time, but it is a native. Today, echinacea roots and flowers uh, are usually dried, powdered, or put in some form that you can actually get at any good health food store. And a lot, of, even Walgreens and them, uh, in the pharmacy, you'll find a, a little uh, herbal area and it virtually always has echinacea there. Easy way to use it if you've got your own is a couple of teaspoons. You can use the leaf and the flower, both. Put them in a, a cup of boiling water, just like you'd make tea, okay? You can also use the root, or you can put them all together. You put them in one or two cups of water, let them steep 10, 15 minutes. If you want to strain it out or just kind of drink through it. As a tincture, that's just a concentrate, folks. When coming down to with a cold, you get a tincture of Echinacea root is the best, and you take it every couple of hours. It's actually, you go folks, for those you, in if they make it for you, they actually stabilize it in alcohol. If you make it, you put a couple teaspoons, or depending on what the amount you're making, of vodka is probably the most neutral, but one of the clear alcohols. Everclear is the most pure. Nobody, most people don't use Everclear anymore. Vodka, gin has a flavor, but it'll work. They really do now make it in, in capsules. The dose varies from the product, being how strong it was, and what part of the plant was used, and you'll just have to talk to a good herbalist about that. The only thing I should let you know, if you're already on medications, even some of the over-the-counters that are already for your colds, this stuff can kind of kick it over the edge a little bit, and you might feel a little bit of dizziness. Maybe a mouth. In other words, I wouldn't take these together if I was going to drive or go anywhere. But look for echinacea or purple coneflower. This second herb, uh, a lot of you may not have known by name. First, I can tell you, you can grow it here. Probably going to have to get the original either plants or seeds off the internet. Easy to find but maybe as effective or more effective even than the previous herb I talked to you about as far as the immune support and viral uh, treatments, well, again, of viruses and, and infections. Some natural remedies are best used at the first signs of illness, but again, astralgus actually works best as a preventative before you ever get it. Remember, the echinacea doesn't seem to prevent it. It seemed to lower the symptoms and shorten the event. Laboratory studies have shown extracts of astragalus, or if you want to call it astralgus is how I say it, root improved the function of white blood cells, even increasing antibody levels in healthy people, even if you don't have anything prior to having a problem. Astralgus does increase levels of a thing called interferons. You've heard about those years ago in other situations, and they're proving to be of some value. That They're really in 
layman's terms, which is all I can really talk, they're, what, they're an immune-activating protein that actually fight viral infections and even have been shown to work well on certain kinds of tumors or prevent them. That's, again, this is something that's unusual, herbal. The uh, benefits are really, really used ahead of time if possible. They may help you once you've got your respiratory problem. But the good thing is, if you're really this time of year and you believe in herbs and things, this is sort of, it's, it doesn't hurt you and it could prevent you from getting especially some of the more common flus. I don't know. I don't think anybody's had time because COVID-19 has been around such a, to know if it's going to help us with the current problem we're having. It is sold as roots. Most of the time you can use the, but the root is the most important part. In capsules, and you can get them in tablets. I've seen them at the uh, local herb store here as an uh, herbal uh, liquid extract. Okay, and of course you can always use that extract to make a tea out of. The daily dose uh, varies a little bit depending on what you're doing. In essence, you take three to five tablespoons or so of the chopped root. Do just what you do. Stem, steep it. You know, in a couple of cups, whatever you want to drink, because remember this, this is kind of interesting. Everybody says, well, if I make it in two cups, I dilute it. No, you don't. You spread it out over two cups instead of one, so you got to drink more liquid. But let's say you put in 600 milligrams in one cup, or you put 600 milligrams in two cups. When you drink all the two cups into your body instead of one cup, you get the same total amount. You haven't diluted it. You've just, uh, in some ways, maybe even helped because it'll have a slower uptake because it's a bit more dilute, but it's not any weaker. Does that make sense? Uh, You usually can get a, uh, I've seen it in three gram dried powders. Okay, it depends on who's making it. And you take the recommended dose that comes on the bottle almost all the time, two to three times a day, And according to real studies, which is unusual herbals, it actually, actually seems to be a very, very good preventative.